Swami means only Kumaraswami. We generally understand the word Swami as a common name for God. Parameshwara is Swami, Mahavishnu is also Swami, Vigneshwara also is Swami. We refer to all deities as Swami. We also refer as Swami to the Paramatma, the Parashakti, Supreme Power, who is not any of these Murtis, but is everything and generally called God by all religionists. But in reality, this name Swami is only for one. All the deities whom we call Swami now have borrowed from him the name Swami and added it to their own names. If it is asked who the true Swami is, it is only Subramanya, one who is fondly called Murugan or Murugapperuman. He is child god, Kumaraswami. You may ask why I say that he is only Swami. I say this on the authority of Amarakosam, Dictionary, Nigantu, Vedic Lexicon, etc. are being called about, is it not? The well-known dictionary in Sanskrit is Amarakosam. In short, it is referred to as Amaram. Something has to be said about it and the person who wrote it. It is true that it is not directly connected with the matter about Subramanya. Even so, only because there are several interesting things in this I am saying. I am saying because in this, our Bhagavadpada's glory and the nature of the mutual relationship between religions are also brought out. I said that the name of this dictionary is Amarakosam. Kosam means treasure. The book which has a collection of sounds and is a treasure of the world of words came to be called Kosam. Although there are several dictionaries in Sanskrit, the best known is only Amarakosham. How did the word Amara come? Sanskrit is called Devabhasha, language of the gods. Since the Devas take Amrit, they are called Amarar. Therefore, Devabhasha is also called Amarabhasha. In accordance with this, somehow Sanskrit continues to be Amara despite attempts being made to kill it, branding it a dead language. It might be thought whether the dictionary that is in Am Amarabhasha is, is alone Amarakosam. But this dictionary did not get the name Amaram in this way. It got its name Amaram from the person who compiled it. Since it was compiled by Amarasimhan, it is called Amarakosam. Amarasimhan was highly intellectual. If we look into this Nigantu, he will be wonderstruck if anyone can match his knowledge. He has understood every matter so well and gives the meanings. Amarasimha was not a Hindu but a Jain. Among Jains, the well-educated scholars are more. They have an exclusive place in literature. In the five great epics of Tamil, there is high degree of Jain connection. The high class literature like Chintamani and Valayapati are all full of epic charm or Jain works. Apart from the Panchakavyas, five epics in Sanskrit, Jains have their own Panchakavya relating to their religion. Amarasimhan also wrote Jaina works. 
but it will be a matter of surprise to be told that what remains of his works is this dictionary which is non-religious in nature. The reason for this at least now remaining is our Adi Shankara whom the Jains consider their great enemy. Adi Shankara toured the entire Bharata Desa, condemned several languages and established the Vedic religion, is it not? During this great tour, he met Amarasimhan also. There is only one truth that only appears as many. We shall get dissolved in that one thing and become itself. This is Bhagavad Pada's philosophy. The Buddhists say that generally everything is sunyam, maya. Although what Adi Shankara Acharya said, namely, it is due to Maya that the one ultimate truth appears as many. If this view goes, everything will disappear, may appear to be similar to the Sunya state of Buddhists. What he importantly said was, not a non-existent Maya. Our Acharya established that after this goes, there is only one truth which remains permanently, which does not have extinction. Buddhism stops with Sunyam. What is important to Acharya is that there is one thing which is perfect. What is important to Buddha is that there is nothing. There may be one, Asti, may not be there, Nasti, being it may not be there, Asti, Nasti. This is important to Jina. Mahavira, the founder of Jainism. Amarasimham, who was holding this view when he came to Acharya for debate, said, I will answer your questions from behind a curtain. Acharya also accepted this condition without going into the secret behind this. The debate between Sri Sankara Bhagavad Pada and Amarasimhan started. Amarasimhan is behind a curtain. Acharya started asking questions from outside. Amarasimhan gave prompt replies. Acharya was surprised that he gave such prompt replies, even allowing for his great intellect. He thought for a second. Immediately the secret became clear to him who was the avatara, incarnation of Parameshwara and omniscient. It was not Amarasimhan at all who answered his questions. He found out that Saraswati Devi had spoken like Amarasimhan. He had been worshipping her over a long time. If he was to be fair, he should not have done that because his Jainism does not speak about a god at all. Jaina philosophy should not admit of its worship in the form of many deities like Saraswati. Even then, he thought that even to write a book in support of Jainism, Saraswati's grace was necessary and therefore he worshipped her. He played a game of duplicity, thinking something and showing something else. Even now, many of those who claim to be atheists do prayers to Venkatramana Swami when they become seriously sick and suffer. They make offerings to Mariamman too. If you ask them, they would say with false pride, this is the view at home. My wife believes in this. I gave respect to her feelings. It was in this manner that Amarasimhan, who wrote books critical of Hindu religion long back, worshipped the Hindu goddess of speech in order that his books should come out well. If someone undertakes a work, whether it is good or bad, if he sets about it with total involvement, 
Bhagavan does give him the fruits for his effort. In the same way, in consideration of his enthusiasm, Saraswati had showered her grace. Now, he has invoked Saraswati Devi in a gada and is sitting behind the curtain. He knew that however intelligent he might be, before Acharya, he would be like a candle before the sun. Therefore, he had surrendered to the goddess of speech well in advance. She thought that she had to give him the fruits of his worship for some more time and felt bound by his worship. Therefore, she gave him an assurance. Invoke me in a gata and all around put a curtain. You remain inside the curtain. Let Shankara ask his questions from outside. I will answer for you. Things happened accordingly. Acharya found it out the moment he thought about it a little. Immediately he addressed Saraswati. Amma, is this your work? Can you do this? Can you bestow your grace on someone who wants to destroy the custom of worshipping you and other deities and is writing books for this purpose? Even though you had done this as a fruit to his worship, is it not sufficient that he wrote so many books already? In addition, to that you have also bestowed your grace on him to enable him to withstand and debate with me for so long. Is it just that you should favor him with more than what he needs to be done? What needs to be done for him? He had calculated correctly. Saraswati realized that the return fruit to be given to Amarasimhan's worship was over. Immediately she left the gada and disappeared. The curtain got cut off and fell down. After that, Amarasimhan could not withstand Acharya. He admitted defeat. Sri Gurubhyo Namaha